Now, it is with a very heavy heart that we need to begin this episode by letting you know that Dr. Yuchenna died just a few weeks after this episode was recorded. She passed away at her home on the 15th of September. I am absolutely heartbroken and shocked beyond measure. As you'll hear in this conversation, Uchenna was so full of warmth and radiated energy. She truly changed the face of dentistry and helped build confidence for so many people. Well, at the wishes of her family and colleagues, we are sharing this episode with you as a tribute to her tremendous tenacity and talent and to acknowledge the legacy that she leaves in the world of dentistry. We really hope that you can enjoy this episode in the spirit it was intended. I like to talk about the hormones kind of being a bit like adding fuel to the fire. So it's not that things have gotten worse or there's an issue. It's just that your mouth kind of overreacts to the hormonal change. So in pregnancy, for example, you get, you know, a huge surge of hormones for the baby, etc. With menopause, it's the opposite. So you get that deficiency of estrogen and your mouth is full of estrogen receptors. Dr. Uchenna was a cosmetic dentist. You may well have watched her on TV's 10 Years Younger in 10 Days. Helping us understand menopausal mouth was a real passion of hers. I'm Liz Earle and this is the Liz Earle Wellbeing Show, the podcast helping us all have a better second half. And I'm on a real mission to find ways for all of us to thrive in later life by investing in our health and our well-being today. And yes, our mouths deserve to thrive throughout our lives too. Be honest, when was the last time you went to the dentist? I wonder that our mouths, teeth and gums generally get a little neglected when we're thinking about our overall health and well-being. Well, October is menopause month, so each week I'm going to be exploring a different element of menopause that you might not have thought to think about. And yes, menopause mouth is a thing. Dr. Uchenna worked tirelessly to change the face of cosmetic dentistry in the UK by putting teeth on the beauty agenda, as well as raising awareness of the importance of good oral health. Running three busy London practices, she was also a brilliantly active spokesperson for the British Dental Association. So what do we need to know about menopausal mouth symptoms like receding gums, loose teeth and cavities? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, Uchenna, it's a real pleasure to get to speak to you during menopause month. So I want to get straight into the meat of this conversation and then we can circle back to perhaps some basic oral hygiene facts later on. Let's talk about menopause mouth. Is it a real thing? Oh, hi. I'm so delighted that you're (laughs) focusing on the mouth because the mouth often gets forgotten Mm -hmm. and it is such a key factor and I always like to start off by saying everything that happens down below happens in your mouth so the mucosa is very similar I know usually that's the point everyone goes red but yeah (laughs) (laughs) whether it's the dry mouth um pain lack of lubrication all of that stuff is happening up on top as well. So it's really important that we focus on it. Most of the time I have a lot of menopausal ladies. I think um, I'm one too. Mm -hmm. And they often come to me 
not because of kind of a medical or oral health aspect. It tends to be quite cosmetic. So the usual complaint is, you know, it just feels as though everything's fallen apart. My my teeth are all crowded. Things are breaking. My dentist says I've got gum disease and I've got to lose teeth and they don't understand why that's happening. So I think I'm often one of the first people that will say to them, well, have you thought about the menopause? Have you considered it? And often I see a light bulb go off because nobody else has has discussed it. So there's a real education gap where it comes to your mouth and the menopause. That is so fascinating. And I'm so delighted that we're going to take a deep dive into this particular cavity. Now, you're on the TV show 10 Years Younger in 10 Days. So what Mm. are some of the biggest signs of an ageing mouth that you see? Oh, number one is gum disease. So often people talk about being long in the tooth and it's where the gum shrinks away and you start seeing more of the root of the tooth that's covered. So You know, anything hormonal, we women are just dealt a rough hand because we've got three times that hormones hit us. So obviously there's puberty, there's pregnancy and there's menopause. And, you know, when um, ladies are pregnant, I always say to my pregnant ladies that they need to get into training. So once you're, if you think you're going to have a baby before you even start trying, you need to get your mouth healthy because the hormones really affect your mouth. So the same with the menopause. And we know that, you know, perimenopause starts very, very early. A lot of people are thinking kind of like, you know, late 50s, 60s. No, the the effects start much earlier than that. So you need to almost overcompensate. So I, I like to talk about the hormones kind of being a bit like adding fuel to the fire. So it's not that things have gotten worse or there's an issue. It's just that your mouth kind of overreacts to the hormonal change. So in pregnancy, for example, you get, you know, a huge surge of hormones for the baby, etc. With menopause, it's the opposite. So you get that deficiency of estrogen and your mouth is full of estrogen receptors. And is that's it really? Why hugely. That's so fascinating. So many things. <laughs> Yes. So collagen, for example, you know, it's all the stuff that's pink in your mouth, your, Mm. you know, with your gums, with your mucosa, there's collagen. So you find that the collagen starts unraveling, which is part of why your teeth start crowding. And people Mm. suddenly notice that my teeth aren't as straight as as they used to be. Um, So, yeah, there's a whole list of certain things that people tend to find so well, I was going to ask you actually does how well that we've looked after our teeth and our mouth across our lives you know in our earlier life does that make a difference to how these will fare during menopause or is much of it really uh, just inevitability no matter what we've done it's just part of aging oh definitely prevention you know the more that you get on top of it so if somebody is already used to doing the cleaning and the flossing, seeing their hygienist regularly, and their mouth are in a healthy state, yes, it's still going to be impacted. There's no getting away from it, but you're more likely to recover. So, you know, if somebody has an operation, for example, and they're healthy, they're more likely to bounce back than somebody that isn't. So this is exactly the same. We know it's going to happen. There's no getting away from it. And it's literally getting a routine, a regime in place in anticipation. So I say kind of from when you're about your mid 30s, early 40s, that's when you have to start properly investing time, tools, whatever you need to do before, you know, it kind of hits on full force. Presumably there are things that we can do if we're beyond that age. And I know a lot of our listeners here are, are more than than 40 and is that too late you know should we switch off now or can we actually (laughs) repair some damage (laughs) no it's never too late it's actually why a lot of patients come to me uh, and I think I had somebody the other week that said um, she came because she thought I was the last chance saloon so I'm kind of like it's never ever too late no matter how bad you think it is I can promise you one I've seen worse and two that there are things (laughs) that can be done because you know oral health is really very very simple yes 
sometimes if the damage gets too far gone, there's nothing we can do. Like, you know, we may need to extract teeth or anything like that. But modern dentistry is so fantastic that, you know, even with that, we can still replace it. Brilliant. So I think it's um, an element of knowing what to expect, what the problems are, and then we can deal with it and figure mm-hmm. out how, how to how to fix it. So there's a whole host of, I mean, the commonest issue that I see with menopause is the periodontal or gum disease, which a lot of people know about. So gum disease covers a huge host of conditions. So it starts off really early, simply as gingivitis. And all gingivitis is, is inflammation of the gums. So it's that classic thing where you brush your teeth and it bleeds. Nothing in your mouth is meant to bleed. I find it funny that that patients will often say, oh, my mouth has been bleeding for years and years. Um, And because it's not hurting, they ignore it. But the bleeding is your body's way of saying, we need to do something. You need to kind of, you know, take action. Mm -hmm. But gingivitis early is completely reversible. And then if you ignore that, that progresses to periodontitis where the disease gets further on and the bone is then involved and basically what happens is that the bacteria in your mouth release toxins that destroy the gum destroy the bone and that's why you start getting teeth getting looser and looser the gum shrinking etc so we find that the estrogen receptors for example are in these cells in the periodontal tissues so when there's a change in estrogen and and we don't know if it's just the fact that it's reducing or whether the fact that there's you know fluctuations in it it does affect all the what we call the inflammatory mediators so basically the good cells in your mouth that are trying to fight the disease aren't as effective during this time so that's one of the key things with the periodontal disease. And that's what tends to get people running to the surgery because they're mm-hmm. like, my teeth are moving and right. I already feel so rubbish about myself and now I can't even smile, um, oh, etc. Et so Sure. Well, let's get into some of the ways that menopausal mouth might show itself. I mean, I've written books on menopause and there are a few, I mean, there are just so many symptoms of menopause, but I have come across a few which mm. I can reel off and then we can perhaps chat about them. I've heard about burning mouth syndrome, dry mouth, loose teeth, cavities, obviously, tooth sensitivity, receding mm-hmm. gums, changes in taste buds, getting a metallic taste in the mouth, oral thrush, jawbone osteoporosis. I mean, are these things all normal parts of menopause? Are these all kind of things that you see regularly with older women? Absolutely. It's such a long list, isn't it? Yeah. And it's <laughs> and usually, you know, when people talk about menopause, everyone knows the the hot flushes and all that kind of stuff, which I'm going through at the moment, which is really annoying. Mm-hmm. But with the elements of the mouth, often it can be quite debilitating. Like burning mouth for me is one of the most horriblest, is that a word? Yeah, things so. that, <laughs> that women can have. Because the thing about it is that there's no obvious lesion. Like you don't see you know, like an ulcer or anything. So women will go to their dentist and be like, you know, it feels like my mouth is burning. The most common specific area is the tongue. And, you know, we've got lots of posh names for it. You know, burning mouth syndrome is is the most common, but it can affect the tongue, the back of the throat, you know, anywhere that you've got mucosa. And often with that, the pain tends to start sort of three to 12 years after menopause begins. So it's not immediate Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like what is going on and it can be accompanied with a lot of the things you've described where there's like you know the mouth is dry you can get hypersensitivity usually to specific foods um a change to your taste where you're talking about the metallic thing and there's Mm. the posh term for that we we call it dysgeusia I'm not mm-hmm. sure why I'm even saying that, but anyway, it makes me sound intelligent. It's good to um, know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But um, it's one of the things, again, that it's so hard to actually treat. And we've found, I know we'll get into treatment later on, but things like HRT have been one of the few things that have been found to 
help prior to that we just used to give women you know say go on antidepressants yeah and it it just tends to disappear that's extraordinary isn't it i mean obviously if we've got estrogen receptors in our mouth it makes sense that replacing estrogen which is what hrt does is going to be the solution because you know that's what's going to fix it nothing else frankly is going to replace estrogen other than estrogen but you know i keep reading that antidepressants are sometimes prescribed to help with mouth issues i mean what what is that is is there a connection between anxiety and depression and how our mouth responds i mean who who made the connection that actually ssris could help with dry mouth the brain You've got loads of estrogen receptors in the brain. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So when you're kind of finding in and there's less estrogen, and that's why women, you know, we tend to have all these mood swings, the anxiety, oh my goodness, the brain fog. And so those kind of drugs that do help the brain help the whole body overall. So that's kind of where the correlation... It, right. It's not a... It was kind of anecdotal, you know, initially it's these women are mad, there's nothing going on, you know, we can't find anything organic, they're just imagining it, let's give them antidepressants. I was going to say, I mean, that... that... I mean, that, sorry to cut across you, that is a bit controversial, isn't it? Because too many women are being given antidepressants just to kind of numb them. I mean, there's no actual clinical evidence to, to prove that antidepressants have any effect with low mood caused by estrogen deficiency. Because yeah, that, it, that's that, that's not what they're designed to do. So why on earth would they help with a dry mouth? I mean, if they can't even lift your mood. I know. We, it's we mad, have very little we have very little else to to give, you know, yeah. when it but, kind of comes to the end of that. So yes, when you've tried all the other symptomatic things, you know, like we'll say, look at your folic acid, B twelve has been found fa- all the B vitamins have been found to be very helpful. Um and they've ruled out systemic things like sometimes diabetes can can help or gastrointestinal diseases then it's kind of like let's put this let's calm them down maybe oh gosh (laughs) yeah well I mean my, my, my listeners know how I feel about that but is it right actually that some medications or medical interventions can actually cause oral hygiene issues Yes, you can have, but not to do with menopause. So things like um, to do with hypertensive drugs can cause a proliferation of the gingiva so that the the gum overgrows, for example, so that you find lots of bleeding, you can't clean as well. So often if I have that situation with patients, I work with their GP Mm -hmm. to find a level that's going to to work to kind of improve things but that tends to be more rare than than the norm so that's that's not as prevalent as it used to be because we've kind of um, the doctors have become more aware and we've got better drugs um, that we're giving people now oh well that's good I mean you say you work with GPs do you ever have the situation where you might suggest HRT you might suggest to a patient actually I think you need a bit of estrogen for your mouth and if so you know what kind of response do you get you know wouldn't would a midlife woman be surprised to hear that oh my goodness it's it's mixed look I'm I'm still trying to teach the dentists about (laughs) menopause and oral health because just like GPs we're not taught about it yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's not part of the curriculum. I have women all the time that come at their wit's end and they're like, you know, I've told my GP it was to do with this. They don't believe me. I've told my dentist, usually some, you know, young male, mm-hmm. you know, very earnest young man. Mm-hmm. You know, this just doesn't make sense at all. So we have GPs that are really open to it. Some great ones that, you know, know about it. And often I you know, I have a list of doctors that I will give patients and say, look, if they don't listen to you, go and see this one, go and see that mm. one. And unfortunately, the nature of it is that they end up having to pay for yeah. um, help privately, yes. you know, yes. just to get on top of the situation, which is unfortunate. So what's happening then within the dentistry community? Obviously, you know about this. and We know that it's 
pretty factual. We know about these estrogen receptors in the mouth and we know that the issues that you're seeing, and I'm sure many, many dentists are seeing with midlife women and beyond. Are there papers being published in your dentistry journals? Are you seeing studies? Are you seeing letters and articles being written about this now? Very, very little, unfortunately. It's on my list of one of the things that I would like to do. I think there's a a much greater awareness. In fact, I was so thrilled that um, last year I did a couple of talks for NHS England. And in fact, I've written a fact sheet with Dr. Louise Newsom. Oh, brilliant. um, Yeah, talking about oral health and menopause. So... It's it's out there, but it's not a huge priority, unfortunately. So it, the, those that are interested are, are starting to kind of arm themselves and going to get educated. Yeah. But the nice, I'd say nice thing, well, the key thing is that hormones are hormones. So a lot of dentists are aware of the effect of hormones in pregnancy. And there's a huge wealth of evidence and education about that mm-hmm. what there isn't a lot of is the impact on the with regards to menopause and I find it really frustrating I think I really think that dentists should be the first line because for example most patients come and see their dentists far more regularly than their GP mm-hmm. and then we tend to take x-rays regularly so for the most people I would take x-rays every kind of if they're you know uh, healthy every two years because we can't see what's happening you know inside the inside the tooth and you can actually see so for example with um, osteoporosis as we know that that's one of the side effects of menopause that you can actually tell if there's a change in the in the bone if you kind of hold the x-rays side by side over a period of time you can start noticing a bony change so it's that's the kind of evidence or that's the kind of research sure. that I would love us to yeah. do because, you know, that's something that we can see the change that the patients can see that we can... Yeah, it's happening already. Happy. They're not having yeah. an additional medical intervention. I mean, I do have to say, I find it unbelievably frustrating, infuriating, enraging that, you know, doctors and dentists know so much about hormonal changes during pregnancy, which is Mm. great, but not every woman's going to have a baby. Every woman, if she lives long enough, is going to have a menopause. And it just seems to me that it's like midlife women, our health is just swept under the carpet. It's under-researched, it's underfunded. Nobody really cares. We're written off. And, you know, as you can probably tell, I I get very (laughs) agitated and annoyed, uh, stroke enraged about this. And I'm delighted that you've been working with Dr. New you know, I look at all the sort of societies around and that have been, you know, supposedly helping menopausal women over the decades. So little has been done. You know, what have these people been doing all this time? You know, she is actually stepping up and, you know, making all these changes and, and you know, really helping women. So there is a positive. Yeah. Hopefully there's a bit Definitely, of light at yeah. the <laughs> end of the tunnel, hopefully. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for her and all the other women that are kind of, you know, coming through you know, like yourself, Mariella, and because I'm involved with the menopause mandate, which fantastic. is fantastic. I'm yep. so thrilled to yeah. be because, you know, I don't know, like my own story, I did not know I was menopausal. It didn't occur to me because the way that we were, I think girls are prepared for periods and prepared for pregnancy. And as you said, we are not prepared for menopause. And my thing about menopause was it'll be someone old I even asked my mum about it and she just was like why are you asking that question you know it's just <laughs> not discussed yeah so I'm glad that that yeah. is is changing and I get cross with when people say oh aren't they talking too much about the menopause oh, you know please. it's enough now oh that makes me really cross I mean that yeah <laughs> you and me let's, both let's <laughs> well let's pause here when we come back we can talk about some of the oral hygiene hacks that will help us out whether we're menopausal or not hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theatres May 17th do you want to tell people the big news 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So let's get back to some basic oral hygiene facts then. How will things like smoking, alcohol, caffeine, how do these affect our mouths? Do they affect our mouths? Oh, absolutely they do. I think smoking is hugely negative in that the tobacco kills off the good cells in your mouth. So there's the level of toxins. And it's why, for example, if you're a smoker, the body's warning mechanism that you have gum disease, which is bleeding, gets switched off. You only get bleeding very, very far down the line. So you don't even realise that there's an issue. And so, you know, smoking, I think, is 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 a terrible thing, but it's so hard to give up. So I have so much respect for patients that are able to give up. But I'm about solutions. So I'm like, whilst you are giving up, right? these are some <laughs> of the things... That we do. So for my smokers, for example, I try and get them all to whiten their teeth. I've had so many people give up Mm. smoking, not because it can kill them, but because they don't (laughs) want to go back to yellow teeth. Right. So and with whitening works because it releases oxygen and all the bacteria that cause gum issues are anaerobic. That means they don't like oxygen. So even just whitening your teeth on a regular basis is actually a therapeutic benefit. It's not just cosmetic. So really? Kind of, yeah. So I just throw that in. It's just I love of that. that. <laughs> I love that. So we're actually looking after the health of our mouths and our teeth by having whiter teeth, actually physically going and having them whitened. Is that with things like bleaching agents? I mean, how, how, how best do you whiten teeth? Best way is to use, um, especially if you're doing it for a therapeutic reason like this, is the professional home whitening. Do not buy anything off the internet. Go to your dentist. They will make you some trays that fit you well. Make sure that your mouth is healthy. And then you just sleep with them. So the, you know, the laser whitening and all the rest of it, yes, it whitens teeth, but I, it's too quick. I just want it to be a slow, steady, because we're using it almost to disinfect the mouth. So are you so, using things like peroxide then? Is that having yes. that antibacterial effect? Yes, 100%. That's mm-hmm. the one. And just as low dosage, 10%. So it doesn't need to be powerful or anything. And you just kind of do it every few months. Mm-hmm. I use it a lot for kind of elderly patients, for example, that, you know, as you're talk- alluding to drugs, they have a lot of drugs, they have dry mouths. Um, the dry mouth element for menopause is a big thing because because your mouth is, your your mucosa needs lubrication. So saliva is like a wonder product for your mouth so when it's dry apart from that feeling of it being dry the mucosa becomes thin atrophic so it's more prone to ulcer ulcerate it's more prone for you to get cuts and bruises and, and pain and it's the dry mouth is the thing that tends to mean patients have more cavities because their mouths are dry 
and they drink. Nobody drinks water. Everyone then wants to drink juice or, you know, right. fizzy things just to kind of keep their mouth lubricated. And so then the bacteria just proliferate and you're more likely to get cavities. So the cavities is a lifestyle thing as opposed to it being the menopause that's giving you extra cavities, if that makes Interesting. sense. Interesting. So should we be drinking water? I mean, I know we should be drinking, most of us drinking more water. When we drink water, should we be kind of swooshing it around our mouths to keep our mouths moist and lubricated rather than just sort of plugging it back? No, no, no. Just drink it because the water is a substrate that saliva needs to, to produce more saliva. Okay, got so it. So you need to give it, you know, sort of lots. And actually, this is talking about tips and tricks. Menopause is one of the few times that I don't, um, I was going to say slag off. Can you I can say, say that? that. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> slag off oil pulling. I don't know if ah, you've heard of that. I have. You know, Would you normally kind of... slag it off? <laughs> oh, completely. I'm like, this Would is you? a load of rubbish. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> because, you know, people say, oh, oil pulling replaces brushing your teeth and it's healthy and all this stuff. I'm like, no, no. it's not. There is no evidence. It's nonsense. If you want to do it, fine. But you need to brush your teeth as well because that is a mechanical removal yes. of plaque. But I find with a lot of patients that do have dry mouth, that this really helps when you're talking about that lubrication element because the oil kind of coats the mucosa and just adds a layer of protection. Mm. It doesn't do any damage. And for a lot of people, they actually find that it's of benefit. So I'm like, yeah, oil pull okay. for that reason. So when you talk about oil pulling, you're talking about swooshing a, a tablespoon or so of coconut oil around your yes. mouth backwards, you know, pulling it backwards and forwards through your teeth for, for a number yes. of minutes to, yes. to lubricate. And so presumably then when we talk about alcohol and caffeine affecting our mouths, are they negatively affecting it because they are dehydrating? Yes, absolutely. So the caffeine, okay. as we know, is a dehydrator. The alcohol, we, you know, you stay away from alcohol mouthwashes. Most of them now have very little alcohol in them. So it's it's OK. But yeah, the alcohol that you drink, make sure that you drink lots of water um, at, at, at the same time. And I was hearing that there's a mouthwash, is it Corsodil, that actually makes your teeth yellow? Is that right? Yes, it does. It makes mm. it yellow, makes it orange. Corsodil is a brilliant mouthwash and it's actually one of the few ones that does have alcohol in it because it they need it needs it for the active ingredient which is chlorhexidine but you should only use it maximum for two weeks what really? tends to happen yeah is people have gum issues gum disease and their gums are bleeding they use the course still the bleeding reduces and they just keep using it but no it's it should just be for an acute phase and anybody whose gums bleed you know if you're brushing really well doing your flossing doing everything it should stop within two weeks that's why two weeks tends to be the time we use and then after two weeks if it's still going on you must go see your mm -hmm. dentist or your mm. hygienist or somebody to investigate okay what about mouthwashes in general because i've read that mouthwashes can really disrupt the oral microbiome, the good beneficial bacteria within the mouth. Is that the thing? Should we be using mouthwashes? And what about understanding a bit more about the oral microbiome? Yeah, you don't really need to use a mouthwash. You know, I think if you want to, fine. Usually from, you know, and we might get into the whole fluoride, non-fluoride debate, because I'm still an advocate of fluoride, fluoride toothpaste. Mm -hmm. But if you're using a fluoride toothpaste and you brush and then you spit, yes. that's all the mouthwash that you need because, you know, it mixes with the saliva and, and that's all there is to it. I have patients that still want to use a mouthwash. And again, I'm like, OK, use a fluoride mouthwash, but use it at a different time. So often people kind of be, you know, every time they eat, they want to brush. I'm like, no, don't do that. That's too much. Just do your twice brushing. Is it? But if you, yeah, because... What happens is that most of the time people brush too quickly. So maybe they'll eat some, a bar of chocolate. That's a classic. Oh, I'll just have a snack. I'll have a bar of chocolate. Oh, let me brush my teeth afterwards. Then that means I'll counteract the negative effect. But you're actually making it worse because when you eat anything sweet or acidic, you soften the enamel of your teeth. And it takes oh. about an hour to remineralize, to strengthen again. Wow. So when you now come and get the brush on it, you're basically brushing away the enamel you're actually causing damage 
That's amazing. So, I know it, it's it's <laughs> counterintuitive, isn't it? So in the, a scenario like that, so you know somebody at work, I'm like, then use a fluoride mouthwash instead of brushing, and then you get that freshness and protection, and mm-hmm. you know that that need to kind of get rid of the of the food debris. So, Fascinating. Yeah, can the state of our teeth signal nutrient deficiencies? Can you pick that up? And are there any supplements that you might recommend perhaps for, for strong teeth and gums? There is only one. Well, there is one key one, which is vitamin D, which is for your whole body. I'm like, really, any everything that's good for the whole body is good for the teeth. Vitamin D, we know, is good for, you know, kind of like healthy bones. It's great for the teeth, etc., so I advocate that for all the patients. And we don't get enough vitamin D in this country. We don't even get enough vitamin D. I was talking to someone from Nigeria because you think, you know, it's hot and we're there. But we all go from an air-conditioned office to an air-conditioned car and we're not walking around in the heat per se. But from a point of view of nutrition deficiency, it becomes, it's it's your gums. So it's the collagen. So right. which is why we go back to, you know, the old fashioned scurvy in the old days when there wasn't enough vitamin C. That's really the, you know, and if you're eating your fruit and veg and everything healthily, then you'll be fine. There's been some anecdotal evidence about coenzyme Q10, which yes. some patients, you know, with, with gum issues have said have really helped them. Hmm. The jury's still out on that. Again, I'm like, you know, if if you if it helps, whether it's placebo, whether it's real, I I really feel. I guess the the thing of as I say, becoming vintage is that realization <laughs> <laughs> that often medicine is slower than you know the things that oh, we see. You know, much all slower. our mother's medicine. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah, much slower. Go, go for go for it. So, and interesting yeah, that you talk about vitamin C and scurvy, and so presumably it's not actually the vitamin C in itself; it's the vitamin C and its role in collagen production that's having the impact on the gums. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that, that is interesting. The, the key element. So. We've been hearing a lot about the benefits of nose breathing, you know, breathing through the nose rather than the mouth. And presumably that might also have positive effects on our oral hygiene. Very much so. And I'm a real advocate of mouth taping. It's so ah, interesting. Uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it just like the how... Basic things suddenly become fashionable and suddenly become science. So why do you like it? Because really, as you said, it doesn't. You you don't dry out the mouth. It's better for the mouth um, overall for the mucosa and just learning to breathe properly. There's a huge body of evidence in the states because I teach there, and it's almost become that sleep apnea or sleep issues is the cause of so many things you know, literally getting the oxygen into your system. So, for example, a lot of kids that have things like ADHD that before would have been prescribed, um, I think it's Ritalin, you know. Yes, Ritalin. Which basically, Mm. you know, it's just a way of of getting oxygen into them. So instead, we are using braces and expanding their arch so that they've got more space and they can breathe better and their great results kind of coming as a you know from that isn't that fascinating well for anybody who's not aware of mouth taping this is it is literally what it says on the tin it's little strips of tape or you can buy sort of like rolls of micropore tape and you put it over your mouth at night so you are taping your mouth closed sounds a little bit scary Mm. but it's absolutely fine and I find that it just helps me sleep better anybody who's snoring it can stop that and obviously it's just making you breathe through your nose the whole time because you know you you may start off when you fall asleep breathing through your nose but then when you sleep your mouth relaxes and your mouth opens and you you start to breathe through your mouth without realizing it because you're fast asleep but if you've got that little piece of tape in place that doesn't happen so it's fascinating Uchenna that from a, a dentist point of view that you actually are a fan of that too. Yeah, very. I'm using it on my daughter, actually, who snores. But um, <laughs> it's it's. I find that the days that I remember to tape, she sleeps so much better. She doesn't wake up, wake me up at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. So it's a deeper, more restful sleep. So I, you know, I think we'll find a lot more of that. Yeah. OK, I'm going to fire some topics at you and I'd like your take on them. Tongue okay. scraping. Yes or no? 
absolutely 100 percent. oh good i'm so glad you said that because i do it every morning (laughs) oh gold star to you it's a really good habit to get into ideally have a proper tool to do it if you Mm -hmm. haven't and you have to use a toothbrush fair enough it's better than nothing Mm. but um anybody who especially is finding that they've got bad breath and maybe you know they're brushing really well and they still got bad breath it's because of the tongue. There's so many grooves and crevices, so lots of bacteria lurking in there. So, so it's literally just a sort of a copper hoop almost. I mean, mm-hmm. really inexpensive. You can find them usually in health food shops or online. And you just stick your tongue out and you just scrape it across once and it just takes off all the sort of white fuzz that's on your tongue. I mean, that's basically it, isn't it? Absolutely. Spot on. And just do it the once. Do You know, don't, don't be slow about it because you're more likely to gag. But just do it the once and that's all mm-hmm. you need to do. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay, next one. Chewing gum. Yes or no? Good or bad? Yes, but. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The but is as long as you only chew for as long as the flavour is there. So that's 10 minutes maximum. Really? Why? So, yes, because what then happens is you literally are banging against your teeth. It's a bit like using a pestle and mortar. Um, and you're banging and you can create microbe cracks in your teeth. So it's not a good thing. So when you start chewing it initially and it's kind of firm and you chew it a little bit, the flavor goes, then it's fine. It's great at stimulating saliva. So if anyone is, you know, what I say to people, I'm all about solutions. So mm-hmm. yes, eat your chocolate, buy your candy, whatever. But when you go to get it, also get your, you know, get some gum. Get Finish some gum. It. Wow. Yeah, chew I'm... the gum for five, ten minutes and really? I'm happy. Yeah. I'm I'm amazed. I'm surprised that you said that. Are there any particular ingredients to look for? Because we do see things like xylitol, for example, as an ingredient on chewing gum. So you are very <laughs> I'm very impressed that your ingredient is. Yes, xylitol <laughs> is the is brilliant because xylitol is actually um anticarious. So that helps prevent um caries. It's interesting because before it always used to be, although I'm you know, I've always been dubious about the whole artificial aspartame thing and mm. I've not liked it. And now there's no. all the research and the controversy about it. But the xylitol, if, if something's got xylitol in there, then it, it's a good one. Yes, absolutely. No, I mean, I'm not a fan of aspartame. I won't actually have mm. it in the house. So definitely not in my chewing gum. OK, last one for this quick fire. Lip balm, good or bad? Um, Do you have hmm. a view or neutral? I'm neutral about the, that one. I use it because my lips get dry, but trying to find... It's like it's it's like the... Um, what's that? The, gold, the grail, the holy grail, trying <laughs> yes. to find a lip balm that doesn't dry the lips out, that sticks on what I call the stickability factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Still searching I, I, for I it. I do use them. I, I actually like purified lanolin. That's a really, really simple one. I, I got into it uh, when I was breastfeeding, actually, and using it as a nipple cream. And uh, somebody said, oh, yes, you know, you can get Dr. Lip, which is a little tiny tube of, of purified medical grade lanolin. And that actually works quite well, oh, I find. So I if you haven't try tried that, that then I can, that's something I can pass on back to you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just look at a, a bit of a basic question then for you. What is the best way to brush our teeth? Is there a, a gold standard here? Gold standard, I would say an electric toothbrush in that most of us don't brush well enough. So I like the oscillating, rotating type of brush, which is like the Oral-B one, Um, but all of them work. And in fact, you don't need an electric toothbrush. You can do it manually, but it's a lot harder. If you're using a manual toothbrush, what you want is the smallest head that you can get, almost the size of a baby's head, yeah. Everyone wants to get a great huge head. It's not effective. You can't get to the back. Um, of the Mm. teeth and also a little tip if you're getting to the back everyone opens their mouth really widely instead half close so Mm -hmm. that because the jaw joint gets in the way if you open wide but um even though we as dentists are always saying open open wide wide. (laughs) you don't want to open wide (laughs) open half so if you're if you're going manually a small head medium stiffness you don't want a soft do not change to a soft brush when your gums are bleeding which is what everyone does no, it's going to make things worse. Stick to medium stiffness. And if you're brushing manually, angle your brush at 45 degrees. Don't go up and down, just 45 degrees and go round in a circle. So round that's in the, a circle. The, a, yeah, exactly. And okay. tooth by tooth. Tooth yeah. by tooth. For you to, mm-hmm. to brush properly, minimum five to 10 minutes. 
the two minute thing is is a Whoa. nonsense. That's like the barest minute. And nobody, on average, as a nation, we actually people say they spend two minutes, but they actually spend about thirty seconds brushing. Five to ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum. That's a big ask. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says that and then they look really sheepish when I say, and how long does it take you to take off your makeup at night? Like, what's your skincare routine? Well, okay. And then, and then they laugh. All right. Yeah, yeah, hands up, got it. <laughs> so what toothpaste should we be putting on our brush? And I, you know, I speak as somebody with slightly sensitive teeth, so I use a Sensodyne type toothpaste, which I find mm-hmm. helpful. Would mm-hmm. you think that's a good idea? That's a good one. I think that for me, the key element is that it has a fluoride. Of course, shameless plug here is that everybody mm-hmm. has to use my toothpaste because it's the best. Do you have um, a toothpaste? Yes, I do. <laughs> so <laughs> so what, 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 what makes yours the best? I mean, what, what ingredients are in, you using? What, what should we yes. look for? In that mine's it's a whitening toothpaste, but it's a general all-rounder. So it's been based on all the kind of like, you know, almost 30 years of treating patients. So for example, if you're menopausal, avoid SLS, which is sodium lauryl sulfate. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have that. A lot of toothpaste have it. It's like a foaming ingredient. Yes but it actually causes ulceration. And if your mouth is dry, it just makes it worse. So that's an ingredient to stay away from. Mm -hmm. It's got the right amount of fluoride. It's got something in it called hydroxyapatite, which helps kind of reboost and strengthen the enamel of your teeth. And it's just got, you know, everything in it is natural and everything in it is for my patients who are older, who, Mm. you know, maybe have suffered because often they'll come in and they're like, I don't know what it is, but my mouth, you know, just feels really sore or there's ulcers. So yeah, those are the kind of key things. And also if somebody's using a fluoride toothpaste, like let's say you're, uh, sorry, sensitive, like you're using the Sensodyne, Mm -hmm. I often say to patients to change it up so if it's still working great but if you find that maybe it's not as effective change to a different brand because they often have a different desensitizing agent in it and you can find that you know that might be a little bit more effective and then you can go back so a bit like kind of you yeah. know changing your moisturizer or sometimes yeah. you have to things happen with your skin teeth yeah. are just like skin you know it's just the same thing you do and how you look after your skin if you look after your teeth the same way you're you're gonna do really well. Uh, amazing, really, really interesting, and I think you know that's the basics covered off. So, lastly, briefly looking to the future, what are some of the latest advances that you know might start filtering down into our everyday lives? I think that a lot of healthcare now is is empowerment. You know, we all kind of everyone's using the the Apple Watch and all those, you know, like the rings. I can't remember the one that tells yeah, you about your sleep yeah, tracking and, everything. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. So I really think that that's happening more and more with dentistry. That you've got all these kind of like little gadgets. Or um, I I had a electric toothbrush the other day. That one end of it you could insert a little mini camera, so that you can actually look at your teeth on your phone, which <laughs> no. is just like. Honestly, it's just so cool. It's probably you'll only use it once or twice, but you know, mm. anything that will will motivate is kind of the way to go. And I think, you know, there's obviously more uh, of an insight into sustainability and like a lot of medicine, very little new under the sun. We're just getting better and better with yes. what we do have. And no, and I'll say to all the listeners, in spite of the Daily Mail, we are very, very far away from... Um, growing teeth in the lab. Often people come in and they're clutching. They said, oh, the male says we're going to, I won't need to have fillings anymore. I'm um, like, no, no. The, the teeth yet. are a really complex, yeah, organic thing. We're not there yet. But it's, we're keeping teeth for longer. We've got new techniques to maintain them. And um, yeah, no one needs to be ashamed of their smile and no one needs not to be able to eat and chew well. So there are things we can do now. Lots of positives. Yuchenna, I've so enjoyed our chat. I've learned a huge amount. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. I cannot express what a pleasure it was to spend just that little time with Yuchenna. We were chatting virtually, but even then I could feel the real enthusiasm and warmth radiating from her. If anyone could convince me to brush my teeth for longer than a couple of minutes at a time, then it's her. Sending all my love and thoughts to Uchenna's family and friends. 
And I really hope you start to take your oral hygiene a little bit more seriously after hearing this chat. Well, another part of the body that we perhaps don't talk about enough is the bladder. And lots of you getting in touch about my recent chat with Professor Vic Kular. He is a urogynecologist. Jane wrote a comment on Instagram saying, Great to see this, Liz. Pelvic floor and bladder health are still so underreported and undertreated when they are often curable or better managed. Another Jane says, I'm 74 and I just started having the slightest of dribbles, so wear a very small light pad. I have started more pelvic floor exercise. Well, good for you, Jane. Do keep those exercises up. And Paula had written that she, quote, couldn't help notice two women at her health club wearing incontinence pads. It's clearly a big issue. Yeah, really interesting. Thank you so much for being in touch. And if you have any thoughts, questions or stories that you'd like to share at Lizelle Wellbeing on Instagram, that's the best place to do that. And I'm also there personally at Lizelle Me as well. Menopause Month continues on the Lizard Wellbeing Show next week, so do make sure you're following the podcast so that you're notified when the next episode is available. And if you prefer to listen to your podcasts ad-free, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts for a small monthly fee, and you'll get early access to episodes too. So until the next time we chat, go well. Bye-bye. The Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Lizelle, and is produced by Anushka Tate for Fresh Air Production, with additional production support from Ellie Smith. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.